This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. I know some of you say, wait a minute, I already got to forgive this person. I've been convicted already. Now I have to go above and beyond. Yes. Because that's what Christ would do. Above and beyond. Do more. Jesus didn't just do a little. He gave it all. He gave it all. His body was, was crucified for us. He took up, he gave it all. It didn't have to. He didn't have to. But he did because of love. Sometimes when we forgive people in our own strength, it stops there. However, when Jesus forgives, he always goes above and beyond what we deserve. Jesus tells us that if someone asks us to walk one mile, we should go two. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will share that the way we forgive people can be a testimony to the gospel. Since Jesus has forgiven us of so much, we should be able to show that same forgiveness to others. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Philemon chapter 1 as he continues his message, Philemon's Obedience Encouraged and Paul's Farewell. Not too long ago, actually this Monday, was it Tuesday, was it Monday? I gotta ask Judy because she's you know, she's good with the calendar. I'm not Tuesday. Anyway, Tuesday I was we were in the mall, Judy and I, and we just didn't plan to go to the mall. And I came across uh, a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Jerry's coworker of mine. He was a really he was a real police officer. This guy was a he's a first grade detective now. And I came across him. He was with his partner. Say, hey, what are you doing here? We just started talking, and then I started sharing the gospel with him. His partner was a believer says yes i've been sharing the gospel with him for the longest here's my bible you know (laughs) and we start sharing and and then right there i didn't want to leave him because i you know just sharing the gospel listen do you want to accept jesus christ right now and he said yes and he accepted the lord jesus christ and i'm really happy and after we did all that was like 40 minutes talking with him he says you know I'm glad I bumped into you, Eddie. He always knew me to be as the church guy, reverend, whatever. But right after I shared this with him, he was like a brother to me. He was, the, he was a veteran. He was a cop's cop. He was a brother. And um, right after I shared that with him, he shared with me, I'm glad the Lord led us together because I have cancer. And... He was saying that it was all through 9-11. And he was, he was supposed to go for chemo that day, but his blood cells weren't right, so they postponed it. So he decided to come to the mall. I had no idea he was going through that. But it's important. I don't know how I got there, but it's good to share it. You know, be ready. In and out, see his name is Jerry. Pray for him. Um, I love him dearly. And, I, you know, now he's a brother in Christ. So we have someone that's been added to the, to the body, 
and just keep him in prayer. Pray for his health. Pray that the Lord continue. He continues in the Lord. The Lord will continue with him. But anyway, going back to Philemon. Philemon led, uh, I mean, Paul led Philemon to the Lord and he said, Look, you owe something. That's why it's important for us to be faithful and be ready. I'm grateful. I thank the Lord for saving me. It's the Lord that I give thanks. But I'm grateful for those that were faithful to the Lord to share the gospel to my family, to my parents, which led us to the Lord. I'm grateful for that. And so we look at this. It's Onesimus owes Philemon material or financial debt while Philemon owes a spiritual debt to Paul. You see the picture there? Onesimus owes Philemon material things, things that would fade away. But Philemon owes Paul something that's for something that's eternal. Again, he's not giving Paul the glory, and Paul's not asking for glory. Or he says, You owe me. In other words, hey, listen, I led you to the Lord. <laughs> you know, you have eternal life. Jesus is in your life. He's giving you everything. <laughs> you know, he's forgiven you. Forgive Onesimus. And I think it's, it's, it's awesome. But again, we see another picture here. And the picture that we see here is like the picture of Christ. You know, the picture of Christ. Philemon is like, he's not God, but he's, he's in a position like God at this point. And Paul is, is like Christ. Onesimus is the sinner. And as Christ reconciled sinners with God, so Paul is doing the same thing. He's reconciling Onesimus with Philemon. It's a beautiful picture. And you know, it's amazing how Paul is obedient to the word of God. He follows the Lord. He's faithful to be Christ-like. That's what Paul says. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't follow everything I do. Now, if you follow me, everything I do and say, you're going the wrong way. Don't follow Eddie. Don't follow anybody. I don't care what title they have. I don't care if they're the Pope. I don't care if it's someone like Billy Graham. I don't care if he's a bishop, archbishop, arch, arch, archbishop. It doesn't matter. Don't follow man. But if they're being obedient to the Lord and God has put you on the uh, submission of a leadership where the, the word is being taught as I was, be obedient. And we see, follow them as they follow Christ. Paul is setting the example. And so Paul offers to pay uh, the price for the reconciliation between Philemon and Onesimus. Exactly what Christ did. He paid the price so there could be reconciliation between God and man. And he said, just put in my, I will pay for it. Paul says, I will pay for it. And this is what Jesus did. It is, the, it is known as the doctrine of imputation. In other words, it imputes, means to put on my account. Jesus says, put it on the cross. I'll take it to the cross. I took it to the cross. <laughs> All your sins, I already took it to the cross. It's been paid in full. And so, like Christ, Paul, like Christ, was willing to pay the price for reconciliation. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Because we may not have someone against us at this time or have a problem with a relationship, but if you know people that are, you know, be like Paul. Be like Christ. Bring unity between them. Don't force it. Don't try to be the Savior. I'm going to bring these two together. <laughs> you know, no. Just, you know, if it's in conversation, just encourage them. You can't force people. But you can encourage them and use the word of God. No, forgive. Go reconcile with your brother. That's not a person that back in the days, Eddie wouldn't want to recognize, uh, reconcile with anybody. But I fear the law. I've learned there is not a person I wouldn't reconcile with. Not one. Not one. Because I have to answer to the Lord. 
In the same way, I, wouldn't, I, would, I would open the door to anyone. I want that person open door to everyone else. And so Paul wanted these two to reconcile. He's willing to pay the price. So we looked at verses 17 through 19. Paul continued his plea for Onesimus. Now we're going to look at verses 20 to 22. Paul's going to encourage Philemon's obedience. Now I'm going to encourage you in this. So he says in verse 20, yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Now remember, Paul uh, consider Onesimus like a son. Look up, just drop back up to verse 10. Paul says, I plead to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chain. And he, he considers him a son. There's two others that Paul considers a son, uh, Titus and also Timothy. And for, for Paul to call him a son, I mean, he was just more than leading him to the Lord. Paul could have could have said that Onesimus was a fellow prisoner in Christ or a fellow brother or no, but he called him a son because he was a young man. He considered him as a son, a son in the faith. And even though Onesimus cannot repay the debt, here Paul is saying, this is my son. He's like a son to me and I will pay, but I want you to receive him. Forgive him and receive him and this will refresh my heart. This will refresh my heart. So he says, let, let, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. And that is to, by receiving Onesimus and forgiving him. And he's asking uh, uh, Philemon, who is one who has a ministry, an awesome ministry of refreshing the saints. Look up at verse 7. Look at verse 7. This is what Paul said of Philemon. He says, for we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Refresh. The word refresh in, here in verse 20 and verse 7 is the same Greek word. We looked at this last time, anapao. That's the Greek word anapao. And it means, and it's the same word that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word rest is also the Greek word anapao. The same Greek word. I mean, we have the English word refresh. And we have the English word rest. But in the Greek, it's all one word. It's opposite for us. In the English, we have the word love for everything. But in the Greek, there's like four words for love, right? Agape, phileo, eros, right? For us, oh, I love my wife. I love pizza. I love my dog. It's a whole different love, you know? You can't say you love your wife and the pizza are the same. So it's different. But here in the Greek, it means rest. In the same way that God wants to refresh us when we come to him, when we're heavy, when we're labor and heavy laden. Paul's saying that, Philemon, you have a ministry. Refresh. Now refresh my heart in this because you're good at refreshing. Forgive Onesimus and receive him. So he says, verse 20, yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord, verse 21. Having confidence in your obedience. He has confidence. He's one that's known to obey. I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Now, this is a great guy. He has, Paul has no problem. He already knows his character. He knows he's a godly man. And you can read a little bit more of, that, uh, of him. Paul, you know, in our study, verses 5 through 7, he describes him as the one who refreshes, one who loves the saints. And he's obedient. And, and Paul knows that he's a man that's willing to do it, but he knows that he's going to go above and beyond. And forgiving, that is. 
I know some of you say, wait a minute, I already got to forgive this person. I've been convicted already. Now I have to go above and beyond. Yes. Because that's what Christ would do. Above and beyond. Do more. Jesus didn't just do a little. He gave it all. He gave it all. His body was, was crucified for us. He took up, he gave it all. It didn't have to. He didn't have to. But he did because of love. And Jesus even taught this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 40 to 41. He gave the example about going beyond, going beyond, above and beyond. Look what Jesus said in verse 40 in Matthew chapter 5. It says, if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. <laughs> so in other words, anybody wants to sue you for your house, give him the shed. <laughs> I know nobody's going to say, wait a minute, I'm going to leave this church. I got, I'm going to lose everything. No, that's not what But it's just saying, you know, just give them what they want. Just, hey, so you, you could be satisfied. Here's a little more. Then in verse 40, he says, and whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Now that may not, let me put this, give you a little background on this. What Jesus is saying here, the Romans they would walk and they would travel. They would travel with their armor, with their spear, their sword, and sometimes they would carry their bags. There was a law. If a Roman soldier tapped you on the shoulder, you were required to carry his stuff for, the, for one mile. That was the law. That was Roman law. Roman soldiers, they're tired. They have to travel from one place to the other. Uh, here, they'll tap you with the sword, carry my stuff for one mile. And so that's the background here. So we say somebody tells you, go one mile, am I in a race here or, you know? But no, if a Roman soldier tells you to walk one mile with his stuff, you go two miles. Okay, man, that's going to blow them away. We just made it through a mile. What are you doing? But, you know, two miles. They tell you to go one. That's the law. They can't require you to do any more than that. You go two miles. Wow. Going above and beyond. Verse 42. Give to him who asks you. And from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Somebody wants from you, somebody wants to borrow from you, you give. Sure. You want to borrow my, you know, 2024 Corvette? Not just kidding. I know that's, I don't have one, by the way. I just want you to know that. You know, yeah, you want to borrow my lawnmower? Great. You bring it back all broken? No problem. Go to Home Depot, get the parts. Hey, you're happy, you got your loan. That's all that matters. And that's in the heart. That's in the heart. You, you give, and those that want to borrow. Oh, but, you know, this is all I have. Trust in the Lord. If God could trust you with a little, right? Trust me more. Because you do it for the glory of God. Everything we do unto the Lord. Give it to the Lord. I don't, Judy, sometimes, I used to lend everything. It doesn't matter. I lend it. Why? God blessed me with it. And if anything happens to it, God's going to bless me with something even greater. If not, even the same, I'm happy with that. Everything that I have has been given to me by the Lord. Everything. Everything. And that's why, borrow it, take it. Oh, I don't want to destroy it. Hey, God would provide. <laughs> it's Okay. And so we go above and beyond. That's what Paul is doing here. He's, what he's, he knows about Philemon. That's his testimony. I know you're going to go above and beyond. 
I know you go above and beyond. As a matter of fact, while I'm on the topic of going above and beyond, look what he says in verse 22. But in the meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me. <laughs> for I trust that through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. You know, hospitality is a Christian virtue. It's something that started actually in the Old Testament, you know. You know, Abraham was a man of hospitality, right? And so we, you know, we, we greet those. And then Paul obviously knew of uh, Philemon. And he knows he has a house. He knows he has a guest room. <laughs> so obviously he's doing well. He said, I know you have this guest room. Get it prepared for me. For I trust through, you, through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. And who knows? As Onesimus is handing this letter, the letter of Philemon to Philemon. He reads this letter. Who knows? I'm kind of thinking in the backdrop here, you know. Probably Onesimus has been forgiven and received. And the first assignment he has, prepare the guest room for the Apostle Paul. Go ahead, Onesimus. You got your job back. Everything is okay. We're brothers in Christ. And that's it. Prepare the room for the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine? Awesome. Now, we don't know if Paul ever made it to Colossae. We don't know if he ever made it to Philemon's house. We don't know. But one thing for sure, we know that they were getting ready. The Apostle Paul is coming. And, and the saints, the believers there in the fellowship, they're excited. Oh, I can't wait till Paul comes because I have some questions. <laughs> Who doesn't have questions to the Apostle Paul? I know when I get to heaven, I'm still going to ask Paul questions. <laughs> you know, I said, Paul, what did you mean by this? Paul, tell me the truth. Did you write the book of Hebrews? You know? <laughs> and what's this thing between the sovereignty of God and this doctrine of election? I mean, how do you put the two together? I don't, and you get all these things, you know, it's like, Paul, I have some questions. <laughs> And so they're making ready. Paul say, hey, make this room ready for me. I know you go, you forgive, you receive him, and you go above and beyond. So verse 20 to 22, Paul encourages Philemon's obedience. Now in verses 23 to 25, we end the letter uh, with a farewell. And Paul's going to mention five co-workers, partners, if you will, who are with him in the ministry. And by the way, you could read Colossians chapter 4 because Colossians, the book of Colossians and Philemon were written together. They were sent together. And so their names are also mentioned in Colossians. So verse 23, he says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. Epaphras have been probably most likely some uh, scholars believe he's the one who started the church there in Philemon's house. And so, but now he's a fellow prisoner He's a fellow prisoner, Paul, and he sends his greeting as well. Verse 24, as do Mark. Mark, who is this Mark? This is the John Mark. John Mark, who is the cousin of Barnabas, you know, and he also wrote the gospel of Mark. So this is the Mark. And if you read the book of Acts, you find that Mark went on his first, on Paul's first missionary journey. He kind of abandoned them. And when they were planning to go on the second missionary journey, Paul said to Barnabas, your little cousin Mark, he's not going with us this time. He left us hanging. And there was a little spat between the two, but we find that they reconcile and reconcile with Mark. You see, Mark is now back in the picture. And so um, he, he wrote the book, The Gospel of Mark. 
Aristarchus, names means best ruling or the best ruler. He is a believer from Thessalonica. He accompanied Paul on several of his journeys, including a trip to Rome. Uh, you find that Paul calls him a fellow prisoner in, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. And Demas, Demas, his name means popular. Actually, he wanted to be popular. He, he, he kind of stuck to his name. Uh, he was doing well. Uh, he was with Paul, but he forsook Paul. And you find that in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And he, he, Paul writes that having loved the present world, it's a shame. People do drift away. People drift away. They drift away. People always say, once saved, always saved. I don't know. I, I really don't like that term because you have to explain what you mean to me by once saved, always saved. Some people, it's a license to sin and do whatever you want. Paul says some have departed from the faith. To depart from something, that means you were part of something. Something to think about. And he says Luke and fellow laborers. Uh, So Luke, is his name means light-giving, luminous. And he is the beloved physician. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And he proved to be a faithful companion with Paul and a helper of the Apostle Paul. And so he had a big part of writing the New Testament. Now, trivia question, you could take this home and find out for yourself. When you find out who wrote the most in the New Testament, people would say, Paul, yes, he wrote the most books. But if you were to kind of compile the letter, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, there are more words between those two books than all of Paul were in. So that's a trivial question. I don't know if that's going to help you, but just in case. Anyway. Verse 25, and finally, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Small book, but very powerful book. And I encourage you to read the book. Take time in devotion. Read it again. Now that you have an idea of some of the background and the who, what, when, where, and why of the letter, and you understand the purpose of the letter, we know that the theme is forgiveness, even though the word is not there. And we can see how the Apostle Paul played the part. And we can see ourselves in there as Onesimus, or maybe as the Apostle Paul. And I hope that we're playing, you know, we're bringing unity between people. And so... One thing for sure, we're, uh, you know, we see that Paul brings reconciliation between Philemon and Onesimus. And that's what Jesus said in the, in the Beatitudes. In the Beatitudes, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The peacemaker is those who bring reconciliation between man and God. Those who share the gospel. Not peace. This world, peace. Jesus, I did not come to bring a peace, but a sword. <laughs> you know, it's not peace in the Middle East. No. We're talking about peace, a reconciliation between God and man. Those who share the gospel, the peacemakers. Ultimately, we want to be like Christ and forgiving because he forgave us. Amen. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie has been drawing real-world lessons from the book of Philemon. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul and sent with Onesimus, a man who was formerly a bondservant to Philemon. Paul pleads for Philemon to accept him as the brother that he is in Christ. Just like it says in Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus is the great equalizer. And as his followers, we should be advocating for that same unity within our churches. Let's follow Paul's example and plead for our brothers and sisters to be treated like valued members of the community. Running the race is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. And here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Thanks, Jessica. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? Then take advantage of this open invitation. Stop in and see us today. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. Thanks for joining us here today. We'll be back next time with more from Pastor Eddie on Running the Race.